Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Medical Sales podcast, brought to you by Legacy Now Coaching. This is episode number 20. Please tell your friends and family about this podcast, and don't forget to rate and review us. We can only grow through you, and by growing, we can impact more lives. Today, we get the chance to talk to Matthew Perry from Zimmer Biomet. Matt first broke into medical sales in 2014 with Zimmer. Shortly after he came on board, they became Zimmer Biomet. He started out as an associate sales rep, and within a year, he worked his way up to a full-line rep covering the entire Zimmer Biomet bag and owned his own accounts. Within two years of being with the company, he was pulled up to take on the prestigious Stanford Hospital as his account. That position helped groom him into eventually taking a position with Zimmer Biomet in Arizona as a team lead in the Scottsdale market. Matt was told by countless recruiters to take a B2B sales position before trying to break into medical sales. Matt ignored that advice and through grit and determination, broke into the medical sales industry without any previous formal sales experience. He is an inspiration to those that are trying to do the same and he's just an all-around kind and down-to-earth person. That being said, Matt, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. So tell us your story. How did you initially break into medical sales, and what did you do to differentiate yourself in the interview process to get there? Yeah, so I think what really started my path was actually an injury that I encountered or had back in 2006. I had a pretty, at the time for me, a devastating athletic injury to my ankle. And a long story short, through that process, I got to work with a lot of great professionals, everything from surgeons to nurses to physical therapists, physician assistants. And it was kind of at that time that I was like, wow, this is where I want to go. I want to go down the route of healthcare. So it took me a few years to understand that I wanted to go the sales route. But I knew from that moment as a 19-year-old that, hey, this is going to be the path for me. And it took some years to bring me towards med device, but that was ultimately what brought me there. So with that, I had finished up a degree over at San Jose State, and I was personal training as a CrossFit coach. And I had one of my good training partners who had just broke into medical device, and we kind of had similar backgrounds. So I thought to myself, you know, if he can do it, I'd need to jump in there and try to, you know, do the same thing because I had the same interest. So I didn't know where to start. I started talking with recruiters. Recruiters basically told me, you know, hey, you don't have enough experience to get into the role that you're looking at. So you need to get on with the Fortune 500 company first, go sell trainers with Xerox, go do something with Syncos, bolster up your resume, and then we can come back and have a conversation. And it just didn't sit well with me because that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go sell printers. I didn't want to sell uniforms. I wanted to sell medical devices. So I started looking back at contacts that I had and thinking back if I knew anybody within the industry and I just started making calls. And one of the first calls I made was to a gentleman who I met duck hunting coincidentally enough. And he was in the industry and I just asked him, you know, Hey, can I get some time with you? Maybe grab a cup of coffee and just hear about what medical device is as a career, as a lifestyle and just learn. You know, I had a conversation with him. Things went great and just kind of, kept that conversation going, but we didn't end up, uh, gosh, I didn't end up interviewing with him almost 
five or six months after that. I also had asked some recruiters when I was on the phone with them, you know, if they weren't willing to kind of push me in the right direction, could I at least get some names for any hiring managers, not necessarily even ones looking to hire people on, but just to gain knowledge. And I got lucky and one of the recruiters gave me a number. I called the gentleman and he actually asked me, he goes, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, well, nothing. Why? And he said, oh, I, I've got an interview up here in Sacramento. This is when I was in the Bay Area at the time. So I took a three-hour drive up from where I lived, up to Sacramento, interviewed. Uh, and that really started my formal interview process, which was great because I think what's really valuable is just getting the first interview and learning from that, knowing you know, you're going to make some mistakes during that process, learn from that process, and keep applying that as you go further and further. Didn't end up with that company. But a lot of it was just networking, knocking on doors, and trying to make my own opportunity. That's an incredible story. It just shows how persistent you were throughout that whole process, too. And how stressful it was. <laughs> it was an extremely stressful process because it was so elongated. You know, you, you want something to happen, but it just took four to six months, I remember, uh, of actually breaking in. But you're right, the persistence, I think, is what's key as you break into this industry and once you get in this industry. It's just, it's good to have that long-term outlook and it's good to have that persistence. So we haven't had too many guests that have worked at academic institutions. What was that experience like once you broke in and got into that arena? Very humbling. You get in the industry, you work in various accounts and every account has its own special merits and things that you learn about it and things you learn about the industry as a whole. And you see it from different perspectives. So I got to see a lot of great perspectives from a lot of different accounts. And you're working with really great clientele across the entire spectrum. When I walked into the academic institution and kind of made that more of my everyday, it was just slightly different from the staff standpoint, from day-to-day standpoint. And that's not a negative on any of the other accounts or other institutions we worked with. It was just I don't know how to explain it other than than different. The day-to-day was just a grind, more so of a grind, I think. But, you know, being in that institution, working with the people that I did, you learn very quickly that you don't know what you think you know, which is very humbling and helps you progress further by challenging you. So, you know, the experience was humbling. It offered a great challenge, a great mental challenge, and it definitely primed me to be a better learner in this career path and to understand that I'm never going to know all the answers. You're never going to know everything that there is to know, but it it puts you on the path to strive for more knowledge. I love that, Matt. So this next question is exciting. I have never had a guest on that has worked with the surgical robots for total joint arthroplasty. Can you give us a glimpse into that world? You know, do you feel like the future is heading towards that direction? Yes. And a very short answer, yes. So I think if you look at all the major orthopedic companies currently, everyone either has or is working towards a robotic platform. I think that that is definitely a buzzword among patients being marketed more by pretty much every company that has the technology. So it's definitely going to be what we see in the near future of every company functioning within. To what extent that technology will be, I think is going to constantly change and evolve. But I think technology as a whole is here to stay. 
I don't think anyone can debate that. It's just going to be to what capacity do we have it as we move forward. I think it's a really interesting space to be in, uh, starting doing joints, you know, learning the business without robotics, and then having robotics now as a mainstay within the business. I learned a lot more about the procedures I was doing because of the quantifiable data that was in front of me. So I absolutely love it. I think it's extremely intriguing. And I think for anyone who's getting into the space who doesn't have prior experience with robotics, I think robotics are going to be something to embrace. And it's something that is going to offer a lot of valuable experience within your career path. That's great. So you currently work in joint arthroplasty, total joints. You do knees, hips, and shoulders, I believe, right? That's correct. So for guests that are either in a different division, currently looking for a change, or for those that are trying to decide which area of medical sales to break into, why do you like joints, let's say over trauma or sports med, for example? Well, I think that goes back to a little bit of how I got into it. It's just kind of what I started with. So I think that for me, I fell into that because that was where my contacts were. And then I just, I fell in love with, I'll never forget this. I had the guy who hired me said, you know, listen, Matt, this is not just a job. This is a lifestyle. And I've really embraced that because it is. And I'm sure you experience the same thing. You eat, sleep, and breathe joints. And I think that's what it takes in this industry to be successful is understanding that it is a long-term commitment to be good within your space. I really enjoy the joint side of it. I just enjoy the day-to-day life of it. If you're looking to get into med device and you're thinking of things like trauma, sports medicine, joints, go online. Dive into what these companies offer. Dive into products. Just take a look around and just see what piques your interest. I think that that's something that's overlooked when I talk with candidates who are looking to get into the industry. They're like, I want to get in the industry, but I just don't know how or what I want to do. I would say the internet's your friend. There's so much readily available information that you can find some really cool stuff that are joint-related, trauma-related, so many new products that are out there. And I think, you know, when you're looking to break in, find what excites you and start there and go after that. And I definitely agree. This is a lifestyle. But I am circling this back to people that are trying to break in. Since you are the team lead, out here in Arizona, I assume that you're a part of the interview process, at least on some level, for new hires. What kind of traits, characteristics, or qualities do you like to see from someone interviewing to be your associate rep or just your team member? I think it's a great question. And it gets asked a lot. And I think even candidates ask, you know, what are you looking for? So one of the number one things that I look for, I look at that candidate's grit. You know, what did you do to get here to this interview process? What did you do differently that got you here over the person who's not sitting in front of me right now? You know, and I always want to understand and know a potential candidate's story. And I think having a story is extremely powerful when you're going to interview, and not just med device. I think with any, you know, job you're going after, know and understand your story. Understand that your story is unique and embrace that. Embrace what you did or what experiences you've had that have to this point and know that inside and out, know your why. So if I have a candidate in front of me who tells me their story, who's passionate about where they want to go, what they want to do, what experiences they've had that have led them up to this interview to have them ready for this next step. I'm looking for that candidate who can articulate that well, 
who can communicate to me, you know, their why, I know then that if they can communicate this to me, they can do this with customers. They can be articulate with customers. I think that is very important. Obviously, all the, you know, the normal things that I look for, perseverance, grit, you know, do they have what's down on paper, even though that's not always the most important. I think it's a good start. And obviously, a lot of kids get screened through that. But, you know, you don't maybe have the things on the resume that you just haven't had the time to build experience with yet. Don't be discouraged by that. And when I have a candidate who is not discouraged by that and is just still confident in their path and where they're at, that confidence right there is something that helps me get past any experience that they may not have had yet because they're willing to put in the work to get to that point. I was literally spot on, Matt. You made such a good point about knowing your story. As we wrap this up, any parting words for our listeners, maybe geared towards those that are trying to break into this incredible industry? Yes, I would say wherever you are at right now, whatever you're doing, whether you're in the service industry, whether you're in inside sales, embrace where you're at. Give everything that you have to the current position that you're in every day. Show up 110%. Also, don't be afraid to hear no as you break in or, or try to break into this industry. You're probably listening to this right now and know that you're going to hit some roadblocks. It's very difficult to get your foot in the door. But once you get your foot in the door, if you stay persistent, work hard, have that grit and grind in you, you can really go wherever you want to go in the industry. You just have to be patient, take your time and build and grow. Matt, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Appreciate it. And it means a lot. I appreciate you having me on, Scott. Thanks so much. I'm going to leave you, as I will after every episode, with a sincere thank you for tuning in and a few words to carry along with you for the rest of the day. Comfort is a lie.